Hello and welcome to the podcast Building Confidence. My name is Sue Reed and I am your host. Every week I will be discussing the subject of confidence with a new guest. So with no further ado, let's jump in. I think when we suffer any kind of trauma, we get to a crossroads where we have a choice. That choice is to keep suffering or to turn down the hard road to getting our life back together. And once we do that, we know how to help others, which is why I think so many coaches find their purpose in their pain. Kate Monroe is a women's life and mindset coach and author of the book, Kick-Ass, How to Rewire Your Mindset for Success. That book is available for download via www.thekickasscoach.com. And I'll put that in the show notes for anybody that's interested. Kate realized her calling to become a coach following a roller coaster of a life, which began by being adopted as a baby, abused as a young child, and then a long separation from her family in her early teens. All of this led to a chaotic adulthood full of substance and alcohol abuse, toxic relationships, and unfulfilling jobs, until she experienced therapy and life coaching herself. This turned her life around into one of success, love, and abundance. So welcome to the show, Kate. It's lovely to see you. Thanks, Sue. And you too. Thank you. So first question I always ask everybody is, what to you is self-confidence? That's an interesting question. I think think confidence to me is feeling worthy, feeling that you're good enough, and having the balls, if I might, might use that word, to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. not worrying about what other people think, and having the sort of the self-belief in your own path and what you want to do and who you are, having enough self-belief to kind of run with it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that thinking that you're not good enough or thinking that you are good enough when you're self-confident, that I think is where a lot of people don't feel they're good enough. And I think a a lot of the times that does go back to childhood. So your childhood, you've said growing up was was very rocky for you. So I'm guessing there was a lack of confidence, low self-esteem for you in in your younger years. Yeah, it was... It was actually quite a sort of dichotomy, really, because on the one hand, I had a wonderful, amazing family who I love dearly and still do, obviously. But on the other hand, there was these sort of undercurrents of, well, the abuse that I was first aware of that was sort of at seven for a couple of years. And then I sort of found out by accident I was adopted at nine. And then when I was a teen, there was a situation where we moved countries and I wasn't sort of settling in overseas. So I moved back to live with family back in the UK. And that, again, was all done out of love. But I think that it, it you know, my emotional needs weren't necessarily being catered for. Mm. So that had a big impact. So all those three things put together sort of compounded. I had no outlet. I didn't. You know, it, it sort of, and then it sort of exploded in this 
lifestyle of underachievement or this life of underachievement and, and quite hedonistic lifestyle, really. Okay. And so you've, you've said you had a deep love for your family and still have. So if I can ask, did the abuse come from somebody in the family or was it somebody outside the family? No, it was outside. Okay. It was the babysitter. Oh, right. Okay. So it was quite regular, like weekly. Okay. And I mean, abuse is something that you don't realize. Well, I mean, I can't, I can't generalize, but the, there obviously is types of abuse where you don't realize it's happening because it's, it's portrayed as a game. Mm. And which is what, what happened. So I wasn't actually aware that this was because you're kind of being groomed at the same time. And then I think it only stopped when he moved away from the area. And I was actually really sad to see him go, It was, mm. it, which is bizarre thinking back on it, but obviously understandably because you're groomed. And then you shut this out. Like it was sort of in my subconscious, but not sort of in, in my conscious mind for until I was about 15. And then piece by piece, little bits of the jigsaw start slotting into place. And I mean, things even now do, because obviously I, I don't drink now. So, I mean, even now with clarity of mind, things pop in and out. So, mm. yeah. Okay. So when did you kind of, because for me, I, I basically hit the ground. You know, I, I was at my lowest point before I made a decision that, I've got to move back up again. I've got to pull myself out of this and stop being a victim, be a survivor. Mm. At what point did you think this this can't go on? I've got to change. Mm. Well, that was, I mean, there was kind of, I know this is sounds bizarre, but there was one, one event and that was one day somebody gave me a book to read and the book was Celestine Prophecy. I don't know whether you've ever read it. I have, yeah. And I was, I mean, up until that point, I wasn't a big reader and I, I, I made myself read it. And I literally, it changed my life because on the back of that, I booked a ticket to Peru and literally, I was a teacher at the time, so I went to Peru for a couple of months in the summer holidays and Bolivia, just backpacked on my own, did the whole Machu Picchu thing and <laughs> and then came back. I don't know, I got some clarity of mind dur- during that process. Still, I was still at that point in and out of sort of relationships that I wasn't fulfilled i guess i was on a sort of little mission to find myself mm-hmm. after that and i came back and i thought right okay i've got to do something here this isn't me what i've been doing my in my life is not me this is not who i really am i'm not doing a job that i enjoy or that, remotely i'm not hanging out really with the kind of people that I want to hang out with. I'm not getting the energy that I want. Although apart from my, my very sort of dear friends, my relationships are toxic. I've got to do something. So at that point I made a decision to spend another year teaching and then quit 
and I saved up some cash and I did exactly that. And I, I got a qualification in teaching English language to adults, quick teaching, paid for that course. And then literally got a job at a school in Thailand and moved there. And it was, it was there that I had this sort of epiphany, really, <laughs> that I just found myself, as cliched as it sounds. But I don't know, I felt stronger. I felt energized. I had clarity. I'd also decided before I went, a while ago, I thought, right, I'm going to, I'm not even going to think about having a relationship because mm. I want to be in a relationship that complements me, not in one that is a battle. Because mm. I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know really how to love or be loved. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. all. You needed foggy. to build a relationship with yourself first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that was so important to me. And that's what I did. And also going to another country like that allowed me to be valued for me as opposed to being in the UK mm -hmm. all this badness had happened to me. It was almost like a fresh start. And I was. And I made some amazing friends and, and met some, you know, amazing people that are still friends today. And, and then I came back. And started getting my life back in order, really. How long have you been back now then? I've got quite a long time now, mm -hmm. about 15 years. Right, okay. You said you didn't like your job, you didn't like teaching. Mm. So if you could go back now, what would you have done? Well, I mean... What I wanted to do when I was very young was music. I right. always wanted to go into music, but was kind of discouraged from doing that. And because my confidence was so low, self-confidence and self-belief and self-esteem was so low, I didn't have the bottle to do it because, you know, I was fed all these scare stories about what if it doesn't work out, you know, the, the what ifs, which I'm, I'm you know... <laughs> It's so dangerous, I think, to, to kind of think like that, you know, because we're never guaranteed tomorrow. No. <laughs> so, you know, literally, you just got to go and do what you need to do. So I guess if I could go back to that, I'd go and pursue the music that I wanted to do. Mm. Because if I was like a whole person, as in not broken, all those years ago and had normal level of self-confidence and self-belief, then I probably would have had the strength and the belief to go and do it. Mm. But what I have done since then is I have, have sort of pursued that as more of a, a, well, actually I was doing it full time, sort of DJing and, and um, playing the piano professionally. But then, you know, that, that again wasn't really sort of that, wasn't scratching the itch. So I kind of just thought to myself, well, you know, it's what am I really good at? I'm really good at empathising, really good at talking to people. I enjoy it. I enjoy helping people realise their own potential because for so long I didn't realise mine and I overcame it. 
So that's when I decided to go into coaching and and it does fulfill me. So now I can actually say that hand on my heart, 100%, I am completely fulfilled. I mean, I'm still a work in progress, you know, yeah. as we all I are. think we all um, are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, there's still parts of me that are fragile. I still have therapy myself because, there, you know, but I look at it in a way that, you know, if you – if you're if you're feeling sick, you go to the doctor, right? Mm. Or you make an e consult. <laughs> you can't get to see a doctor. <laughs> but if you're not feeling well physically, you go to to a doctor. Uh, you need your eyes tested. You go to an optician. And if you know you're struggling with your mental health, I'm a really really big advocate of go and go and you know t- talk to somebody who can help you. Yeah. Don't be afraid and don't judge yourself for it because we're, we're literally we are as humans, fragile ourselves. We are. We are. And, we, you know, n- nobody is ever going to be completely, you know, not fragile at all, completely flawless. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a shadow mm-hmm. side. We all have. We try and hide it, though, and I think that's quite often the, the problem is that we, we conceal it because society says you mustn't be like that. You've got to be like this. But I think part of confidence is being aware of the things that aren't perfect in yourself. So being aware of your imperfections, embracing them, accepting them and moving on from there rather than trying to push them away and think, no, that's not me. That's not me. Absolutely. I mean, we are imperfect. And I think the alcohol side, because I myself, you know, used to drink a lot when I was younger because that was the way to blot out all the troubles. And, um, I think alcohol is just a way of hiding it. It's just a mask to to hide behind so you don't have to face it. So coming out from behind that screen and saying, yeah, this is me. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm showing up as I am. You know, deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. Absolutely. Because I, did, I didn't actually know that. I did not. I would call myself functional alcoholic. I did not know that literally the reason I – I didn't know that the reason I'd been drinking for so long, like I'd drink it, I'd drink beer like pop. I mean, that's what it was like. Mm. I didn't realize that I was doing that to hide stuff and to know, my, my therapist described it as, as an anesthetic. Mm. And that's exactly what it, what mm. it, what it is. Definitely. Yeah. Or what it became for me, I should say. And when I stopped, everything became raw and it has it's, it's, it has its challenges for me sort of emotionally, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm going back to, to therapy to get help with that. But it's, I feel better for it. Mm. And I feel blessed that I'm actually here being given the chance to have this therapy as an alcohol-free person so I can actually tackle things properly instead of, because I've had hundreds of counselling sessions and they've never worked. And the reason they've never worked is because of the drink, because I've mm. been drinking. Wow. Yeah. So I've never really been raw. Yeah, because you were still behind that mask. So the counselling sure. wasn't actually even talking to you. It was talking to that mask, which just wasn't getting sure. through. Mm. It was like, almost getting batted off, really. Yeah. But this, yeah, I mean, raw, raw is good. And showing up as yourself is good. It's scary. Mm. I know a lot of people who are scared of it that I've met recently who are, you know, they're worried about showing showing themselves to the world. But 
you know, there's only there's only one of us. Yeah. You know, and we owe it to ourselves to to show up, I think, put ourselves out there with confidence. And I think helping people do that, you know, it might be something simple as doing, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone, helping people to do that. Yeah. Is, is a real privilege. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and do you feel then that you are qualified to do that in that, you know, forgetting any qualification certifications, but the experience you've got gives you that qualification to be able to help other people. Yeah, I do. I really do. Because <sighs> I think it's it's like, you know, anything. I mean, experience is the greatest teacher, isn't it? Mm. And knowing how how it is possible to go from rock bottom. And I'm talking about rock bottom. I mean, you know, contemplating suicide and things mm. like that. I mean, to go from that, to go from, to, to, to go to where I am now, it's been a hard road. It hasn't been easy, but it's been a great ride, you know, and, and I've learned so much in, in how I overcame it. And I know that other people can. And it breaks my heart that people aren't living up to their potential either because they've had sort of beliefs instilled in them about themselves from being a child or perhaps they're in a relationship that, that isn't serving them and is preventing them from being their true selves and fulfilling their potential. And I really believe passionately that everybody deserves to fulfill their potential. Yeah. You know, we're all born as blank canvases to it's our birthright to live the very, very best life that we can live. And then, you know, very often or, you know, a lot of times it gets jaded along the way by external influences. And that that makes me sad. And that, that's what I want to help people break down those barriers to personal success and personal success don't forget is is subjective you know is whatever someone defines success as and so yeah. success might be raising a family in a happy loving environment success might be you know having a faithful partner and having a uh, a fulfilling life together you know whatever or, or it could be having an amazing career and doing this something else whatever it means to you success, mm. but, but but people have a right to be able to achieve that. Absolutely. So if somebody's listening to this now, then I, I'll put your website in the show notes. So there is the ability to contact you. There's also the ability to download your book. But if somebody's listening to this thinking, I that resonates with me, that's, that's where I am at the moment. What would you suggest they do? to start? I think, I think that a good starting point for anybody is to sit down and like alone and seriously, th I mean, it could be anywhere, you know, mm. <laughs> but sit down wherever you can get some peace and quiet alone and think to yourself, what do I want? Life is finite, you know, mm. it really is. It is finite, you know. I've unfortunately 
sadly, lost a lot of good friends over the course of the last sort of six, seven years. People that I've been very close to have passed away, you know, and relatively young, 40s, early 50s. Mm. So life is finite and you, you have a choice. You have a choice whether you want to live it and be happy and fulfilled. That is a choice. What you have to sit and think about is what you want for your life. What do you actually want? And be be really, really honest. That is a starting point because until you know what you want and you're crystal clear about it, you can't then begin to even think about putting any actions or taking any actions to, to get there. Mm. You know, it's, it's like getting in the car and driving and not know where you're going. Exactly. Yeah. And that just that just ends up and you end up somewhere that you'd never really wanted to go in the first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people are like that in life. Sorry, carry on. No, 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 that's fine. That's I absolutely agree. Yeah, getting in the car and, and not having a map or any clue as to what direction you're going to go in would be crazy, or especially with fuel prices as they are, it would be crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the same in life, you know, just going through life. And lots of us do. We go through life, we don't think about, where we're trying to get to, we might have a dream. We might be thinking, I'll do that when I've got to do this, this, and this. And then when this happens, I'll do that. But it, it, you may never get there. And what you wouldn't want is to get to, you know, your eighties and nineties and look back and think, well, do you know what? All those things I wanted to do, I never actually did them. I don't know. I, I spoke to once, was talk, talk, referred to it as a rocking chair test. Yeah. Literally, if you imagine yourself sitting on a, a porch, a veranda, you know, in your in your eighties, God willing, uh, in a rocking chair, what do you want? To, what do you want to achieve? And I, I think that when I think you know, society as a whole has got a lot to answer for when it comes to this, because schools now, I believe, are like sausage factories. I've seen it with my own eyes. Kids that are literally funneled through an education system which is so obsessed with academic achievement and you know in, instead of sort of you know educating holistically you know and and from that you know you've got to get your exams you've got to go to everything's so busy 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 yeah. busy there's no sort of reflection time or time to just be like mindfulness and things like that because there's more to life, you know, and you have to be happy as a whole person, not just with your salary. You can have the best job in the world and you know, the biggest bank account, but if you're fundamentally un un unhappy, you know, unfulfilled inside, it means nothing. So that's what you need to, to, to work on. How do you feel? What do you want? What do you really want deep down for yourself? Yeah. And what does it look like? And then you can start planning how to get there. And if you want help and support with that, then you get a life coach. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, a, a life coach can like shorten the process for you. They can guide you. They give you the map. They give you the directions and hold your hand while you're doing it. So sure. brilliant. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, loads and loads of really useful information and advice there, Kate. So thank you so much for coming on today. It's been lovely talking to you. And I do wish you all the best for the future. Keep going down the road you're going. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And you're looking great. So you must be doing Marvelous. something right. <laughs> <laughs>
Excellent. Hello, everyone, again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe and that will make sure that you don't miss any future episodes. And so from me, Sue Reed, goodbye until next time. Thank you. Thank you.